Welcome to Not Just Any Book Club, the show where two grown men talk about a Disney film that you've never really thought about since you first saw it when you were four on a VHS tape. I'm Justin. I'm ready to talk about Oliver and Company for Dickens Month or Dickensian Month. Whatever. I'm Pierce. I'm also here and ready to talk about this movie. Oliver and Company. Have you ever heard of it? I don't know, but you've no doubt heard the song that I think you may have heard the song. I don't know how old you are, but I've definitely heard the song. Why should I worry? That's really all Why I remember. Why should I worry? After that movie, right, just tune out. That's all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get from me. I think this is the first time I've heard Pierce sing. Oh, wait, no, wait, no. It's not definitely not the first time, but... We've literally played rock band together, I'm pretty yes, sure. Yes, we have. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's all you guys are going to get. Um, Oliver and Company. It's um, it's a very, very, very loose adaptation of um, Oliver Twist. And yes. I've never... I've never read it, so we're, we're focusing solely on the movie, not focusing and, on the merits. And neither of us picked it for next week, so. Yes. Yeah. That as well. <laughs> and, <laughs> of course, um, I've never seen the musical. Yeah, all I know about it is um, this, the little boy, the little orphan boy going, can I have some, can I please have some more, sir? Or whatever, with a pudding cup, porch cup, whatever it is. I don't know. And I, now, after watching this movie, I'm like, I don't plan on seeing it ever. So thanks, Oliver and company. Yeah. Um, uh, Justin apparently hated a Disney movie. Well, to be fair, the, the when Justin's an Oliver out, and company hater, is what I'm hearing. I have yet to see an Oliver and company liker. Well, I mean, you're here. You probably thought it was subpar. Yeah, I, I I mean I sent you a message that was basically like, yeah, if I watched into a theater and paid money for like a movie theater to watch this, I would have been disappointed. But it's fine as like a movie to just like put on like a VHS or a in the old days or like now just like you see it on Disney Plus. So oh, it's an hour, you know. It's not not. There are definitely worse ways to spend an hour of your time, um, but it's. Definitely not the most fulfilling because Avatar episodes, they're 20 minutes long and they're full of great stuff. Show your kids that instead. Well, you know, maybe not the same audience, but you know what I mean. It's this movie's boring. <laughs> it, it's Hey, uh, hey, here's my opinion. OK, the first 20 minutes is actually great. It's actually very good. Great is great. OK. Well, the thing is, all, okay, I, all all the way to why should I worry is is if you won't say great, very good, okay. After why should I worry? Okay, probably it feels like the winds out of the sails a little bit as soon as why should I worry is over. Okay, but I I think it's still pretty good until after. Um, after we first meet uh, the like cigar smoking boss guy and then after that the wind is taken out of the sails more and the middle is eh, and then I I liked the end also like the last like 
10 or so minutes. We, we should go a little bit in order here, but yeah, but I, open, I, okay, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't say anything about, about what actually happens in those yeah. sections. I just gave sections and how I was feeling during them. Well, not much really happens. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's an hour and they tried to condense a like 500 page novel into an hour long movie. So and they really didn't do a great job. Anyway, okay. I'm I don't think you could do a really great job okay, with that. But hold honestly. on. I have a problem with that first sentence. The, the opening song. Do you remember the opening song? To yes, that? I remember that, the opening song. I, it wasn't. I don't think it sucked. I thought it was called Once Upon a Time in New York City. I thought it was okay. I I was like, oh, I, I forgot about that part. Because I apparently I did watch this before a long time ago when I was really, really young. I remember really hating that song. I'm like, uh, um, really? Cause I actually didn't like pretty much any song after, after why should I worry? Okay. Well, there, yeah, were, yeah that's really generally, apparently the second favorite song, uh, McCorn to, uh, some critics is the, what is it? The, the very funny song, the quote unquote, very funny song with, with the, the girl, the, the female dog looking herself in the mirror. Oh, perfect. Going, isn't easy. That song was awful. That was garbage. It was I really hated, bad. I, I don't know. What I really hated that song. I hated that too. Yeah, it was like annoying. It was like, why? Why do yeah. I care about this character being egocentric? I just met them. They're not being and set up to be like a villain or anything. Just like they're just here. Like I don't know. Yeah. Um, again, we're not. We're gonna. We're not gonna analyze. Um, this too deeply because it's a it's it's an hour and 13 minutes long and none of it's very good because my main problem with the movie is just like oliver um is just not an interesting character at all at, at the very beginning the movie the, the opening song is like oh look at this sad little kitty and it just decides to like show the kitty um like being like essentially just ignored by everybody so kind of a downer beginning and then just after just like in a way that's almost kafka-esque just like just shows him oh getting God. humbled so by by find uh by just life it's yeah. raining and now he's an orphan so here's what i'll say about this is i read a bit of a an article about com like comparing these the two movies or the, the book and the movie. Or I guess if you wanted to do an Oliver Twist movie, you could say the two movies. Anyways, um, Oliver Twist, basically Oliver and company really condenses the beginning. Like the beginning of the book is just like things are bad for Oliver, basically. Mm. Like like stuff goes down and it's not good for him. Um, and then he meets the gang quite a bit late like all oliver cat oliver meets the gang pretty early it's like it's like five minutes in and he's meeting the dog yeah, um the billy joel dog it, yeah the billy joel dog furry <laughs> billy joel um but but in the book apparently that's not like it wouldn't be the first like five minute or whatever whatever equivalent amount of the book well, it definitely shows because this movie is essentially just on fast forward, going from plot to plot, not to beat to beat, not even slowing down. It just, yeah, because Oliver has basically nothing to work with because no character in this movie 
has really any character development aside from like the one scene where they're all together um with fagan um other than that it just it speeds up and no one is giving any time to shine all the characters um are just archetypes not even like they're, they're just gimmicks because we got the the really um problematic dog that is um definitely well, which one Prob- oh uh the chihuahua yeah I would say okay. Here, I mean, listen. If 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 a like Hispanic person, right, right, right. If a Hispanic person wants to correct me, that's fine. Go ahead, I'll retract this. But like, I feel like it's within the like Speedy Gonzalez realm, you know? Okay. Like um, Mexican people love Speedy Gonzalez. They were upset yes. when when Warner Brothers was going to take him away. I feel like it's within that same like archetype. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, except I he was my, kind of my least favorite character in the movie, so <laughs> who knows? I, yeah, I thought yeah. he was okay. Um, yeah, the, the character probably wouldn't fly-ish today if it was being made now. Right now, um, no. Well, but um, whatever, it's a character that tries to hit on that, uh, that what was that female dog's name? I, R- Rita? Was that the, the girl dog's name? Yeah, I think that was the um, Georgette. Georgette. Yeah, Georgette. Georgette. Yeah. Um, Rita was the was the one in the gang already. Yeah. I cannot discern any of these characters. <laughs> okay, so so here's here's what I will say about your complaint about archetypes. Um, I, I think that is obviously partially the runtime's fault. Uh, yes. like that's obvious. However. I do think it's also quite Dickensian, if you will, from what I read, um, because Dickens apparently is very like a lot of his characters are very black and white, good or bad. Mm. Um, Like he doesn't use a lot of like there's not a lot of gray for his characters Mm -hmm. and you can kind of see it. I mean, like I can already see it in Great Expectations. Pip from the time that he's like the main character, Great Expectations, from the time that he's like very young is like speaking in he's still a child and it's like shown that he's kind of childish, but he's also like writing in like long winded, very complex sentences. There's no like verbose. Mm-hmm, he's very verbose. And then he goes into the city. I read um I read this chapter, I think around the time. I watched the movie. Um, he goes into the city and he talks about how uh, he goes like on a on, on a like a boat sailboat thing with like some people that he met in London, and he was like, "Oh, I'm very good, or I'm I'm very adept at some skills that you might not think for like a rural a rural boy." Um, so like you know, Pip is being set up to be this like great. He's good at everything. Right, mm-hmm. everything that he's gonna do in the book, he's gonna be really good at, because mm-hmm. he is the main character and he is good. Um, so, like to to kind of fall into that archetype, I feel like is kind of fall into an, an archetype and just follow through on that is Dickensian in, in a way. I also do think that there at least was some character development for uh, Dodger, the 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 leader of the gang, mm. the um, dog. Billy Joel dog. Yep. He, uh, he, he, he learned something 
to not to be more accepting of people or something i don't i don't really remember yeah that he was a bad person for like or bad dog i guess for i um, think it was prejudiced or something I don't remember either. <laughs> don't worry. I, I don't. I don't remember. I I haven't actually put much thought into what the exact lesson is, but for it's children, he was mean to the to Oliver, and that was bad. And he learned that it was bad. Yeah, Billy Joel shirt is cool. <laughs> I. So apparently this was one of the first films, um, or I think maybe the first film, at least in the Disney canon, to make sure to like advertise that the, the celebrity is doing voice acting and just really make sure that you, that you know that Billy Joel is one of the leads in this film. And really that also, I think, maybe works to its detriment because it's um, using celebrity casting to supplement any kind of personality um, because Dodger... He's just Billy Joel dog, and it's really cool. And apparently, um, they they kind of aimed this movie towards parents in a way because you know they wanted to keep the parents entertained to watch this really boring movie by saying, "Hey, here's Billy Joel." And I don't, I, I think this is like at the peak of his um, at a celebrity status, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I think this was like a year before we didn't start the fire. Um, so yeah, um. There's not much depth there, and I don't think Billy Joel can act really well. Um, this was his first and last acting role where he's played anybody but himself. So it kind of shows uh, because every line he says is just very bland and or not much expression. So the lesson I learned from this is just like that Billy Joel is not a good actor. I thought he was fine. Basically, that's my review of the movie. It's it fine. Was fine. It's put it on for children. It's an hour. It's whatever. I, I I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was boring. Necessary. Some parts were, but yeah. I don't know. I think the main problem with the movie is just it feels very like probably probably in between. Every everything from um probably the scene where the guy falls off the dock after like give it being given three days up until I actually kinda liked the sequence where Oliver was like in the rich person's house. Um Is it, I mean like the song that they played? Not the song. No, I, I like the montage. I like the montage. The so- I, th- See, I thought the montage was yeah. cute. Um, not the song though. The song. I think that might be my least favorite. It's just like the, the kid actor. No offense. Didn't do a very good job of singing. <laughs> um, but I thought the montage was nice. Um, but so everywhere from when the guy falls off the dock up until the montage, and then probably from the montage until after Oliver is like saved by the gang. Mm. Um, all of that to me was like, meh, like it felt like, uh, there was less care put into it. Maybe I don't, I like that's, that's a hard thing for me to really say, like it just really kind of fell off the track for me after 
um why should i worry for a while there and they didn't put it back at the beginning it yeah (laughs) yeah and honestly i've heard the song so many times just it does not really make an impact on me so what do you know well this movie basically was nothing to what is your favorite billy joel song by the way uh, I don't know a lot of Billy Joel. I have to look up this. I know I have one, and I cannot remember the name of it. He's gonna say so, Piano Man. I, I, I I'm bet not. He is. I know what. I know the name of Piano Man. Scenes from an Italian restaurant is mine. My oh my god! Up, Uptown Girl is a classic. I wasn't thinking of that one, but just like that is a classic. What a classic song! Uh, god, Piano Man came out in 1973 nuts he was really popular for like two decades straight because we didn't start the fire came out in 1989 yeah and all he does now is just play at madison square garden that's all he does really (laughs) it yeah i don't think he's produced uh, made a new song it's just like hey i'm gonna play madison square garden sell out every single time so god i actually don't know because i see only the good die young i really like you may be right is very good i don't know i I haven't listened enough billy joel i don't think to like really pick out because i i I mean i've listened to enough to like recognize most of these these songs but not enough to like have a favorite i guess i was just saying that out of curiosity i mean if you have the time I've heard scenes from an Italian restaurant before, but I think only like once or twice. I don't really remember it. It's a good song. Um, but yeah, all, a lot of his other songs, especially songs from the album, The Stranger, uh, a lot better than this song. It just sounds very poppy. Um, and um, after, I mean, it is the best song in the movie, but you know, it's not a song that I'll, I'll go home and start humming. Um, maybe the initially when I first listened to it, I was like, "Yeah, this song's good." But I heard that outside of the movie, and then now going back, uh, just looking retroactively, like, take it or leave it, whatever. After I finished the movie. Emma started getting annoyed because I kept singing just like the the core, the first line <laughs> of the chorus, <laughs> over and over again. Okay, well, I mean, I I guess it made an impact on someone. Yeah. Um, I, I guess that's one takeaway of the movie. There's one good song, and the rest of it is like, eh. Um, I think uh, I think that there's enough here to make this worthy of like a, a watch, one watch. watch. Yeah, not a it must is, watch. It is, it is a movie in Disney history, and if you are a person who enjoys Disney movies, give it a watch. How, how has kids. this helped you understand Dickens? Really. Like, uh, I I will say some of the comparison has helped me uh, to Oliver Twist, which I haven't read. But but reading the comparison has has I think helped me see some of the stuff, like the thing that I said about um, Pip being so good at everything. Like he's the good guy, he's the main character. Okay. He is Oliver, good, so he is good at stuff. To Oliver. Oh, at least in this version, there's just. He's just yeah, there. that's the that's definitely the fault of the movie. But he's also like a kitten. I feel like I, I think he should show some personality because he's the star of the movie, and then the Billy Joel dog I, is just like has more personality. He's barely in it. Well, not barely in it. He's just 
he's not in it enough for him to well, be a star. Okay. So 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 here's the thing. If the movie was longer, I agree. But from what I read about Oliver Twist is that the thing that they specifically pulled out to for this Oliver is that all he wants is to be loved and have a family. And that is true, apparently, from what I've heard of Oliver Twist, um, like the character in the book. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so to for an hour movie to just pull that one aspect out and focus on it for that one character, I think is actually fine, especially because I would say in this movie, the gang... Like you have a you have like an ensemble. You don't really have a singular main character. Um, it is called and company. Yep, and company. Uh, I did also see in the article I read they were like they were like probably the most famous thing from Oliver Twist is when he asks if he can have some more, and you can see in the scene where the like little girl is like feeding him. She just gives him more, just like after oh. feeding him some. She he doesn't even have to ask. He just she just gives it to him. Some wish fulfillment for Oliver yep. right there. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I guess I I even like if you were to tell me this is a Charles Dickens adaptation, I probably would like. Eh, it's a very loose adaptation. A lot of it is just like scenes together, stitched together. Um really fast paced nothing you know it's really it, it just it doesn't feel faithful even without reading it um yeah and it's 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 an homage to dickens more than yeah. a an adaptation i would say yeah and really from, from what i was reading about the comparisons yeah welcome to not just any book club where we read about books instead of actually read them <laughs> Don't worry, yeah. we read we, we actually read two Dickens books for next week. Don't don't yes. worry, come back. Come back for that one. <laughs> um yeah, the the thing is, just like the only conflict in this movie, um besides, you know, Dodger trying to get Oliver back is just like between Fagin and Sykes and um that that's very divorced from the actual movie because it's at the beginning, and it's kind of at the end. It just shows up. Well, here's what Again, it's not okay. the focus. I know, yeah. Yeah, Here's my detraction from that is that it's background for the animals is the thing. Yeah. Like it's not, I mean, like Oliver gets lost and that is their focus because he's in the gang and they need to save him. Mm. Whereas like they have a few days left to fix that other problem. And then it gets pushed up because the guy comes up with that whole plan of like selling Oliver back to the family. Yeah. Um I don't know. I it is true that it's just really it's not again, not the focus. Um Pagan Sykes it's conflict. Even though I did kind of the the one compliment I'll give this movie is just how dark it kind of went with Fagan and Sykes, because uh Sykes um he does not mess around. Um he has got two dogs that are very spooky for a kid's film. Uh, very intimidating, and um, I I also love his death scene. Just yeah, like... he dies. <laughs> and dies in a Disney movie. Man and two dogs die in a Disney movie. It was hardcore. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he tries to kill a child, kidnap, and pro- possibly use the child for ransom, and then um, 
two dogs, um, they get thrown onto a railing and they just die. Um, yep. And Sykes gets blown gets up. Hit, gets hit by a train and blown up. Yeah. Which was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that I would give them props for is Fagin himself. Again, we haven't read the book, but from what I read about the book, uh, Fagin in the book is a lot less, um, is a lot more black and white than Fagin in the movie. I mean, Fagin, you know, he he does some bad things in the movie, but in the end, we're supposed to root for him. It's a little more gray. Like, we're supposed to like Fagin. Um, yeah, from that one even, scene that they give of character development, or really two. Well, the scene, the scene in the beginning and the scene in the end. Where he we're supposed know, to, says, hey, I don't want to put a child up for ransom. Never mind. <laughs> so we're supposed to. No, he's his plan is not to put the child up for ransom. Yeah, but it was to ransom the cat. The cat. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like he. We're, we see him in the beginning, taking care of his family, taking care of his gang. They're all together. He's like the head honcho. All the dogs love him. He's likable, I think. And then, you know, the whole cat thing happens, and we're supposed to be like, no, Fagin. No. Don't do it. Don't do that. <laughs> and then and then he, he doesn't do it. Um, and we're supposed to be like, sweet. He's cool. he's learned. He's not he's not a bad dude after all. Uh, and then he has to go save a girl from being ransomed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he does it. He does it without even without even thinking about it. He's like, he's going. Yeah, so. somehow the girl. I, I sidetrack, but like somehow the little girl Jenny. We've forgotten about mm-hmm. Jenny because Jenny has no character. But whatever. Um, yeah, she's just supposed to be a stand-in for like familial love or something. Yeah, it doesn't matter. She, she somehow just knows. She somehow knows Fagin's name and calls out for him during the train sequence. Never says his name beforehand. So minor little minor little plot hole. This movie is entirely ruined. Um but yeah. Um the other thing I <laughs> yeah, I re- another thing I really don't like about this movie, I don't know if we're just jumping back and forth with positive and negatives, but I wrote down a list because I tried to find criticisms of this movie. Something just you know give some weight to this discussion. Um the animation in this movie is very subpar, even for its time. This was made during the, the Disney Dark Ages, or at least at the very cusp of the Renaissance. Um, so, ugh. it was the first... I, well, I actually thought the animation was, was decent. I enjoyed it. It was it felt of a, of a very specific style to me, even if the quality of the animation was like, might, might not have been to par. Yeah, um... I, I did look up some um, stuff about this. The backgrounds were very like akin to like 101 Dalmatians with the Xerox, you know, like kind of like water colored or maybe or something like that. But the thing is, the characters like the dogs and even the people um, is they're drawn by entirely different like animation rules. So it just there's a very, very distinct mismatch between the two art styles. And it just looks very gangly and ugly, in my opinion. I don't think that was a good decision at all. And perhaps um, it, it just it was distracting. And I just think it made the movie look a little bit worse. Um, Sykes was supposed to be this mysterious villain, but like his movement and design just made him seem lumbering and 
didn't really make him seem threatening. Maybe up until the end. Um, uh, his dogs were threatening though, um, but we never don't really get a chance to see them. Plus, there's a big anim not a big animation error, but there's a, a slight animation error with Oliver scratching one of the Doberman's noses, and that scratches and appear up later on. What was up with that? Come on, animators, you should have fixed that in the remaster. Um, yeah, and the the facial expressions like, outside of Fagan, they were not really distinct. Dodger doesn't have any facial expressions that, you know, make it seem like, oh, man, this is such a Dodger expression. Because in the rules of animation, uh, you would want um, Dodger. Dodger wears sunglasses. OK, that's his expression when he's not he's not wearing sunglasses. And then he's he gets sunglasses. <laughs> he's like, he's he's like, like Superman. Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That 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 is my spiel about the animation. Just not. In my opinion, not very up to par, unless you're like kind of detail oriented about this stuff. Like, I guess, like I am, because I knew there was something up. You're like, this, this does not look right. The background and the foreground, what is up with that? And that's why. Um, I don't have the source on that, but if you look at it, it does kind of look kind of obvious with the semi realistic backgrounds and the cartoony animals. Um, Fagin well, is I just trying to be very gangly. Sorry. What I thought was decent movie. It was decent, worth one watch. If you again, worth one watch if you like Disney movies. That's my opinion. I, I will say that this movie has a very interesting place in Disney history. Um, it was kind of like the first film to use CGI um, in animation, and you do see like spit up uh, like little stints of that, like in the in the the montage scene, and I think even in some of the um. The do, 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 I some other scene, there, there was another scene that they oh no no it was um when they went down the stairs the distinctly use CGI um I remember that and that set the stage for um what is it Beauty and the Beast in the ballroom scene um not done entirely CGI but it kind of marries the two hand drawn and some CGI animation animation to augment the experience which I found very neat uh and. And also, since this movie was a success at the box office and made Disney more likely to do more animated musicals, which kind of set the stage for The Lion King. Um, and I forgot what the first movie was uh, of the Disney Renaissance because this is The Little Mermaid. Yep. That that made them <laughs> want to do more broad, Broadway style musicals because this is kind of set like a Broadway style um, musical, not the song itself, but the structure. Um, so you got the reprise and then like the ending. Um, repeats the same song at the beginning um yeah and then they want to do more musicals because of this um so that's nice um it was also um th there's another thing about this movie which i i oh yeah um this movie was released around the same time as land before time it beat land before time but really kind of remember land before time a little bit more than this movie so there's that too also the first movie to use mcdonald's tie-in marketing so you can thank this movie for that. And well, James Mangold. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. The Land Before Time was like a whole franchise. Yeah. But so like, of course, you remember The Land Before Time. Oh, you mean the specifically the movie? Yeah. I was just saying, like, of course, The Land Before Time is going to be more remembered than this movie because it's like it was like a franchise of things. Well, I know they made, uh, I think, over 10 sequels to The Land Before Time. They're all went straight to DVD. And I don't think they're very well remembered. 
but in a TV show that was oh, that's remembered. Was a TV show. Yeah, hmm. I'm pretty sure. I I might be wrong about that, but yeah. I remember watching a lot of Land Before Time on TV. It is actually a very interesting movie. Um, not mainly because Don Bluth um uh separated himself from Disney. Um, he used to work for Disney, and then he formed his own company, and. Um, I think this was one of the first times, I think maybe the first time where uh, he released a movie and it had to compete with a rival company, Disney. So with his former company that he worked with, um, Don Bluth isn't as remembered today. Um, he did All Dogs Go to Heaven and American Tale, which I think is an underrated, underappreciated film. Um, but uh, it was like the DreamWorks in Pixar of the day, I guess. Maybe Illumination is somewhere in there as well in that conversation. Of, I don't know. The funny thing is, I always hear about Disney Dark Age and whatever, but I actually liked two of... I haven't seen the other two, but I actually liked... I liked Oliver and Twist. I thought it was okay. Oliver I remember Twist. when I was... Oliver and Twist. Oliver and Company. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Oliver Twist. Um, and I uh, and I remember liking Fox and the Hound when I was younger, actually. I, I now I may watch it now. I may watch it again with a more um, active eye and see don't that it's actually don't ruin it for yourself. Actual garbage, but I won't ruin it for myself um, until maybe I have a kid and try and show it to it, and then I'm like, "Wow, that was bad movie." <laughs> but I'm, but yeah, for I mean, now, for now, the memory remains untarnished, and um, keep it that way. Um, also, Bill Brother Bear. Sorry, I'm looking at the eras. Brother Bear. What a what a what a good movie. Anyways, um, <laughs> also before we finish up, do you have anything else you want to say about Oliver and Company? I don't think so. It's uh, we have very different, not very different opinions. I just thought no, it was my opinion. Opinions. My opinion was that it was okay, and yours was boring. that it was like bad, like like slightly yeah. bad, basically. Kind of boring was your opinion, and mine yes. was that it was fine. Um, before we finish, since we're talking about Disney this month, one thing that I need to reveal for <laughs> for all of all of our fans and listeners is that wow. this guy over here. Oh no! <laughs> he he doesn't think that the Lion King is the masterpiece that everyone else thinks it is. He gave it like a seven out of ten or something. Oh no! I guess everything I've said in this episode just like completely disregard it. Because this seen- guy, <laughs> this guy hates the Lion King. Get him out of here! Get him out of here! Uh, uh, maybe I'll watch it again now, just to spite you. Um, maybe I'll watch it again, and maybe this episode will be outdated because maybe I'll like the Lion King even more. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll rewatch The Lion King and realize that everyone else is right and you are wrong, and it is a masterpiece, and it is Disney's best film. Uh, sure, <laughs> maybe that's that's uh, my opinion. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> we both hate Disney as a company. Disney, please stop buying Disney, all our properties. Disney, fix fix. Fix yourself, please, God. Don't. You're Nintendo, but for movies and now TV, I guess. So stop it. Probably theme parks. I don't know. 
And also theme parks, yeah. Maybe. Well, Nintendo also has... They don't have a theme Nintendo park, Land, but, but they have Universal. A, no, they're yeah. Universal. Well, it's in Universal, but it's also like Nintendo's heavily involved. I'm sure it's, sure it's got some, some bad stuff about it. Yeah. Anyway. We like your movies, but for the most part, we didn't like... Yeah. Star Wars. Nah. But, you know... Oh my god, actually actually this is the perfect uh thing to talk about the Lion King for. I was looking up on Wikipedia something about the Lion King's theatrical release because I I remember it being that the Lion King was not expected to be anything. Like they didn't think it was going to be was it like the, a the big punishment deal. What? I I'm they thinking... just they just they just didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Um, hit. Yeah. Uh, but I just read development of the Lion King began in 1988 during a meeting between some some different names while promoting Oliver and Company in Europe. That's funny. Oh, <laughs> what a what a funny coincidence. <laughs> well, um, TLDL, uh, Oliver and Company. It's lukewarm at best, mediocre at worst, medi- mediocre to bad at worst. And it it has had some ramifications to Disney's history. Um, I may not like it, but now we can't remove this movie from history. Otherwise, it's going to have a butterfly effect and completely cause Disney to fold over. Oh. What would happen if this movie never existed? James Mangold, he wrote this movie. Uh, he helped write this movie. We would not have Logan if it wasn't for him. So the writer of Logan or... Yeah, I, the director of Logan, I think, worked on this movie. So, good for him. Yep, good for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, but a Dickensian episode this was. Oh yeah, just to just to finish my, I, I feel like I have to explain my the Lion King thing I said. Uh, the Lion King's release in the U.S. was a limited release. It played in only oh. two theaters. Wow, that is a yep. <laughs> the wide release followed on June twenty fourth. Oh, in two thousand screens, it followed like it was like a full week later. Jesus, so it's a long time for a wide release. Hmm. No, am I wrong? Um, I just remember hearing that they did not think that it was going to be like huge. I'm trying to figure out why or where I possibly could have seen that. Anyways. Yeah. Um, what, 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 a, what a movie, uh, this was, yep. Are we closing um, this off? <laughs> yes. You can find us on Twitter at Not Just Any Pod, where you'll find information on this show as well as one about tabletop RPGs. If you're interested in that, uh, please give us a like, a rating, whatever, whatever it is, on whatever platform. We appreciate it, happy. especially if it's good. Yeah. Um, do I? Am I forgetting something? Oh, join uh, us next week for for Dickens, and then the we'll announce the following month next week. So. Tune in for that. Goodbye, Prometheus.